Fall Labour leader Chris Hipkins was joined by several of his MPs at Waitangi this weekend where tensions ran high over the government's new policies. It's the Labour leader's first appearance at the treaty grounds since his party lost six of the seven Māori seats. He joins us now. Kia ora, good morning. Morena, Corin. What was your key message from Labour? How do you intend to try and win back the lost support of Māori? I mean, clearly at the last election, you suffered a pretty big blow there in terms of your Māori MPs. Well, we convincingly won the party vote in each of those seven Māori electorates. So I think, you know, there was a bit of a mixed message in there. I think Māori were uh, looking to maximise the number of Māori MPs in Parliament and voted strategically in order to do that. Um, there's still very strong support for Labour there. But we I spent the last five days up at uh, Waitangi listening and engaging with people. It's a, I have fewer ceremonial events this year compared to last year, so I made the most of the opportunity to just get out and about amongst the people and, um, you know, engage in, in the best of what Waitangi Day has to offer rather than necessarily the stuff you might, uh, that might make the six o'clock news. Mm. Where is Labour going to go on the issues around the treaty and constitutional issues? Hapuapua was your discussion document. It was shelved effectively. It was a document born out of an earlier constitutional work done by the likes of Dr Margaret Mutu and others. Will you carry on down that road, albeit taking people with you in a slightly better way? Is that the approach or will you go in a different direction? Well, ultimately, the, the last national government, so the key national government, signed New Zealand up to the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Now, the Hipuapua report was one working group's idea about how we can actually live up to the commitments that that government signed us up to. Um, I think we do need to have a conversation as a country about how we can best live up to those commitments. But right now, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is whether we should actually go backwards. You know, the debate around whether or not we should unilaterally rewrite the principles of the treaty, whether the Waitangi Tribunal should be effectively neutered, uh, whether we should be reducing the use of te reo Māori within the public sector. These are debates that are actually taking New Zealand backwards, not forwards. Sure, but I'm interested in, in, in terms of what you can offer, because we've got a Māori party which uh, you know is showing growth, and they are arguing for a system potentially where there would be a separate Māori parliament. Uh, one of the ideas that was, in fact, in a way, in that Hepuapua report, they're also arguing for the likes of a separate Māori free trade agreements. Is that something Labour would entertain? Uh, I, I, I think Māori are doing very well out of the free trade agreements that we've got at the moment. And actually, I think the Māori businesses that are engaged in international trade uh, have already said that they think that's a bit of a crazy idea. Um, I don't support the, a sep, having a separate parliament. Um, we have one parliament for New Zealand. But that doesn't mean that the parliament that we have shouldn't be engaging with Māori. I believe absolutely it mm. should. The point is actually, though, that that, that is... We're talking about te rauranga, te ratanga here, aren't we? We're talking about self-determination. And on the one hand, you've got Shane Jones, who's arguing that it's local, that it is quite limited in a way. Uh, and then you, on the other hand, you have Rawari Waititi, who was saying it should extend out to a free trade agreement. Wh- where do you personally see that? Sit? And are you committed at least to that debate about how to uphold that te rauranga, te ratanga? Well, I think, um, I think, you know, tēnaranga tēratanga is interpreted by some as a very individualistic concept, and I don't think it is. I think it's still a collective concept. Is Māori wanting more self-determination collectively rather than necessarily individualistically, as, say, David Seymour might argue? Um, but I think things like the establishment of the Māori Health Authority, um, you know, even even, you know, 
establishments that we should be proud of because they've happened some time ago and they've gone from strength to strength. The establishment of Kohangareo and Kura Kaupapa in terms of the delivery of Māori education by Māori for Māori. These are things that are delivering okay. for New Zealand. So you would bring back, you would bring back the Māori Health Authority if you were re-elected? Oh, I, I don't see any reason to disestablish it. But you would bring it back. I mean, presumably because the current government's going to disestablish it, bring it in-house, you would uh, take it back into a situation where it was run by Māori. Yes, I've made that commitment, I believe, in terms of healthcare. So, so why, why wouldn't you do that? It's going to lead to better outcomes. Would you, why would you not do that also then for other public services such as education? Well, they're different. So if you look at education in terms of Kohangareo, there already is a different governance arrangement for Kohangareo that is a by Māori for Māori approach in terms of kura kaupapa Māori, um, in terms of you know mainstream schooling. There are different approaches. But it's not the same. It's areas. not the same because it's within the, the Crown is still in control effectively. It's not the same as it is, say, for a Māori Health, Māori health Authority. Well, if you look at Kohangareo, actually there's a, there's a significant debate around how the funding arrangements for Kohangareo should work in the future because they don't want to be just part of the education system. They actually want to have a different arrangement around how they're funded. And we were very open to that. We were exploring that in government. Now, whether the current government continue that work will be a question for them. But it's a question for you, and I'm, I'm interested. I want to know how much Labour is invested and interested in exploring that and how far you're willing to go with the concept of Article 2, Tiranga Oh, we, we were working through that with organisations like Kohangareo, like the Wānanga, and so on. I, I don't believe that you're going to get um, the sort of Tiranga Tiratanga that Māori are asking for by having the Crown impose something on them. You actually have to negotiate. You have to you have to identify what does that look like, what's going to meet Māori expectations, what's going to work for the Crown. There still needs to be some accountability in there, um, but uh, but you can work through that. And, and I think, you know, with the establishment of the Māori Health Authority, we did that. With the changes to the arrangements that we've already made to Kohangaraya, we did that. There's more work to be done there. Christopher Luxon uh, has come under some criticism for his speech, in which there were parts of it, uh, was the odd section which was clearly cut and pasted from a previous speech, uh, he argues that that was deliberate strategy. He, he wanted to reiterate consistency of message to cut through the misinformation. Is that a, is that a credible argument? Oh, look, I, I think that's a bit of a distraction. I mean, if, he, if he's so lazy, he wants to re reread the same speech from last year. All he's doing is proving that he can read aloud. He's not proving that he can lead anybody. I think actually what Māori and non-Māori were looking for was Christopher Luxon actually providing some reassurance and some explanation of what the government's agenda is here. He didn't deliver that. He, he in fact, went out of his way to avoid the issue. So what does rewriting the principles of the treaty mean? What does changing the remit of the Waitangi tribe Tribunal mean? What does a reduced use of Te Māori in the public sector mean? He needs to actually explain what the government is doing and why they are doing it. And he missed the boat completely. He had a great opportunity to do that. Everyone was watching, everyone was mm. listening, and he chose not to talk about well, it. Well, it does seem as though this morning his language is potentially, you know, maybe we need a bit more investigation into this, but it did seem to me that he was suggesting they won't be supporting the Treaty Principles Bill beyond Select Committee. There was no talk of intentions and commitments, as we've heard previously. Now, what if that is the case, that that language has firmed up? What would be your reaction to that? 
well, why introduce the bill in the first place? If you're saying that you're not going to vote for it, why introduce it in the first place? This will still be government legislation. It will still be introduced effectively in his name as Prime Minister. All legislation, you know, fits, sits under the remit of the Prime Minister. If, it's, if he's saying that they're not going to support it and they're not going to continue with it, why bother introducing it? It will be a very divisive debate. Labour leader Chris Hipkins, appreciate your time this morning.